Hello, everyone, and welcome to Best Seat on the Couch, where my friends and I hopefully don't receive a cease and desist letter for talking about Disney movies. My name is Alex. I'm Danielle. I'm Iris. I'm Marcus. And I'm Michael. And today we are talking about the classic Disney animated film, Mulan. The film premiered in June 1998 and was directed by Tony Bancroft and Barry Cook and produced by Disney MCM, oh, I should say MGM Studios. The film follows the titular Mulan, a young woman in Imperial China who disguises herself as a man and takes her father's place to fight against the Huns in the Chinese army. The film was met with critical acclaim, winning a Golden Globe as well as Best Animated Feature. And as always, there will be spoilers, but if you haven't seen it already, then I don't really know what you're doing here right now. Now, because this film is over 20 years old, I think we can dive right into the sort of meat of the show. And let's start that out with talking about each of our favorite scenes and songs, because this movie has quite a lot of memorable moments. And I wanted to get all of your opinions on which ones you think really stand out in your minds. Um, so I think like, it's, it's weird for me cause I have a favorite song and I have a favorite scene and they're distinctly different from each other. Um, i I know it's, it's weird, right? Um, I will say my favorite song is, uh, I'll make a man out of you just cause I just freaking love the song. It's such a banger. Um, and also it does like a great job of sort of like montaging the, the sort of process of, you know, them getting acclimatized to the, to the soldier lifestyle and stuff like that. But my actual favorite scene is the ending of a song, the ending of um, a girl worth fighting for. Um, and I'm sure like some, a lot of people will kind of agree with me on this. The way that that ending uh, works out, right? They're like singing about girls back home and, you know, love, like wanting a girl who cooks for you and stuff like that. And then just a very stark drop off to the carnage that the Huns have done on this village. Um, and then, you know, you get the whole sequence with the doll that was foreshadowed before. And that was just a, it was, it's, it's, pr- it's probably one of the best scenes um, in the movie. And, and then I've seen it Disney by far as well. Yeah, it's super, super duper well written. I mean, your heart just drops into your gut. I imagine the same way that the uh, soldiers would have experienced. Um, they don't even finish the song. Like they get to a girl worth fighting. And then you're there. It's, 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 it's a great transitional moment. Oh, I was leaving room for someone else to go, but I guess I'll. I'll, I'll well, was that I'll your favorite scene too? No, it was not my. It was not my favorite quiet. scene, but I, I did want to sort of just. I don't know. Agree with you. It's a great. It's a great moment. Um, yeah. So for me, my favorite song, far and away, has to be "Reflection," and I don't say that lightly because this is a movie filled with just incredible music, front to back. But "Reflection" is just such. I think a powerful and compelling like plea or cry for help for something right it's such a just really i mean this is not the word that i was planning to use but relatable kind of song you know and in different ways to different people um but just the whole the whole notion of mulan feeling like a disappointment feeling like she cannot 
just grasp what it is she's missing about what's expected of her, failing to live up to her expectations, failing to live up for what her family wants for her, you know, there's these like kind of intermingling themes of honor and worthiness that run throughout this whole movie. And, you know, Milan doesn't have either one of them at the start. And it's it's such a powerful uh, opening to this show, you know, to the emotional kind of backdrop of Mulan as a character. As far as my favorite scene, I kind of, and I mean, I guess I'm going to go in the, in the trend of picking like the really like bleak moments. I kind of have to go with the the moment where Mulan is discovered to be a girl and Shang pulls out the sword and there's a moment where they make you think that he is going to execute her on the spot. And instead he throws the sword down. He says a life for a life. You know, she saved his life. He's sparing hers. It's powerful. It's compelling. Uh, and I, I am astonished that after that, she still chose to go and like go after them and try and save the emperor. But that's a whole different discussion. Yeah, I, I apologize. I thought uh, Danielle was going to take take point and add a couple add a couple cents there, but I'll I'll go ahead. Um, I don't really remember too much of this movie actually, um, since I haven't watched it in a long long time. But uh, my fondest memories of this movie are just every scene with Mushu in them. I think Mushu <laughs> was just an incredible <laughs> incredible character, and you know obviously. Uh, discussing Mulan with the news that the live-action remake has just been recently uh, released, uh, definitely, I mean, we're not planning to discuss it necessarily because it's not animated and it's not really that relevant, but uh, I do feel the need to kind of point out that without Mushu in that movie, I feel like a lot of that soul and a lot of what I enjoyed as a kid in the animated version is lost. Um, obviously, I can't make that kind of sweeping judgment having not seen the, the live-action remake but mushu was just so funny his introduction when when you know he's he kind of appears to be this you know big dragon and he just turns out to be this little pipsqueak oh it was is amazing and then um make a man out of you i guess would be my favorite song i know that that's that might be a little bit you know basic or whatever but uh that's just really just i don't know it's it's so i think iris brought up a great point about how everything about this movie is very powerful it's a lot more powerful i think than most animated disney movies especially for kids tended to be in that era like okay danielle now you're now you're making the angry face so i know you'll have uh sense to put it on that point but um i really did enjoy every you know this is an uphill battle for mulan pretty much the entirety of the way and she is challenged by many many different things as the movie goes on and i think her her continuous perseverance is inspiring and it, it really it really kind of shows in the songs as well i think the big thing about that is that it's a lot more explicit than you would really expect of a disney movie of this era i mean they show like quite literally like the in the the end of girl with fighting for right the re- burned out remains of a town you know like frames of buildings crumbling in they show like a big snowy field littered with dead bodies like you you just see the dead bodies on screen it, you don't see like gore or like anything like super grisly but like death and war is like front and center and they never really hide any of it i think the only kind of dramatic cutaway type moment i can think of is when they uh, the Huns come across like the two soldiers in the past and like you know go tell your emperor we're coming for him and then as they're both running away, uh, Shan Yu is like how many men does it take to deliver a message? One and then there's like a little sound effect and they cut to black and the implication is they killed the other dude. 
But like for the most part, they are very explicit about all the violence. And I think that that kind of really plays into what you were just saying there, Marcus. Um, I have like a lot of comments. Hello, Danielle, fellow Diz nerd here. Um, uh, I mean, okay, 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 okay. I'm just going to go through these really quickly. One, Marcus, yes, it's your opinion. So I'm, you can have your opinion and I'm not going to knock you for that. I just, (laughs) it's just that for, no, just for me, like I find like, I like, I like all Disney movies. So it's just always hard for me when other, when people critique like, oh, that this one, I, I don't know, is like so much more uh what you said courageous or has a lot more i i said i said it was more powerful i guess yeah. but I, let's we're, we're gonna <laughs> you know this is disney movie number two that i am very like acquainted with the list is ending at like three or four so <laughs> i i admit that my knowledge of disney movies is far lower than yours and i will i will gladly defer to you no opinion. no 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 it's okay it's okay um uh, and then Iris, I would also say that I, I wouldn't say that it's the only grizzly movie, grizzly movie in the in that Disney era, because once like first of all, I remember as a kid I didn't even notice that there were bodies there because it's just stylized in such a way that it's they're almost like dash strokes. But then you have Tarzan where Clayton literally gets hanged, and you see like like you see his body like kind of dangling in the background. You have Vine. You have Lion King, where Mufasa falls off the cliff, and then Simba comes up like that. Okay, everybody like knows that that's just like, oh my god, my heart is ripping in two. Um, so I guess that's kind of my counter to that. Um, well, as I, mean, I don't for... think I don't think I'd say it's the only grizzly Disney movie, but I think it's definitely like more explicit than a lot of the other ones. Just like throughout the whole movie, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, 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 they make war seem really... I never really thought of it as, like, war, even though it is war, just because it's kind of... It's, like, about, like, Mulan and, and her courage, but... Eh. Um, as for my favorite scene, I think it's also hard, just because I've seen a lot of these Disney movies, like, several times, so it's hard for me to pick out any one particular scene. Um, it's more, like snippets so like yeah as michael said um girl worth fighting for like i i love the how they translate into the, like the calligraphy when they're uh, like how they the chinese characters turn into like laying in yao and um chen po's like forms also i remember just loving the intro sequence so much where you just like have the like the the ink uh, kind of running down on the on the weathered paper. I always just remember watching that and being like, oh my god, it's going to be a great movie. I'm so excited. And you have like reflection playing in the background. Also the food, like the, the when oh, Mushu the makes Mulan the, I guess it's like congee with like the eggs yeah. and the bacon. Hmm. Um, I have a Disney cookbook. Don't, don't, don't be mean. Um, but in it, they have like a recipe for the Mulan's complete breakfast. So... Honestly, Danielle, I'd be disappointed if you didn't have a Disney cookbook. <laughs> I got it yeah, like I in mean, elementary school. No, no judgment, but like some video game companies have come up for cookbooks that are like stylized with their games. Wait, do they have I a might Breath of the legitimately Wild? purchase one. I think there is a Breath of the Wild one. I can't remember. <laughs> All right, I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't. But that's we're getting off topic. Alex, please. Oh, Alex, yeah, I, uh, I had one last thing I wanted to say. I was actually yeah, yeah. surprised at how short. 
reflections as a song was. Oh, oh yeah, yeah no, it is it is really really short, and there's actually a longer version that I believe was like the credits version. Yeah, oh. uh, it's like Christina, Christina Aguilera. Aguilera. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like a full length. It's got like okay. multiple verses. Because after I after I heard and... the end of it, I was like, I feel like there should be another chorus. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, it could have it could have had another. You but know. That's the actual why... song is like criminally short, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. But that's also why it's so great to sing in auditions because you can True. sing the whole song True. and you don't have to like pick like oh these sixteen bars like the whole thing a, is like it what? has a good range too it goes pretty high. yeah and then it changes well, key I like mean, in the middle well, I, okay, I don't know okay. I think the, the, the value of having like a neat audition cut is overrated oh oh okay <laughs> okay then can't relate. <laughs> right, let's move on uh, but yeah I'll, I'll put my two cents in uh, for favorite scene and favorite songs um, I. I definitely agree, I think, wholeheartedly with Michael that uh, Make a Man Out of You is one of the, I think, one of the most memorable Disney songs out there. And uh, my favorite scene is sort of tied between, again, like agreeing with Michael, the end of Girl Worth Fighting For, where I think I saw this in a YouTube comment, but it really stuck with me. Like the, the whole time they're singing about a girl worth fighting for and then at the end when they get to that village they realize that the girl worth fighting for is the girl who died in that village the one who left the doll behind um that is not how i read that at all well i think it it works on multiple levels because i think the the plain irony is that the girl worth fighting for is mulan and i think that in that moment it can be attributed to the girl but then you realize later that the person they're talking about is Mulan, but I can see it both ways. I actually mm-hmm. didn't read that into it either. Really? To be quite honest. Yeah. Interesting. I think, and there's... I, well, I feel I, like, that's, we're, a, we're, that's, like a, that's like a core theme of this movie. I I, oh, no. I didn't see it that way. To me, like, the, a lot of that song, like, the meat of that song was about, like, the disconnect between, like, the, the other soldiers who are like, yeah, I'm a dude. I'm going to fight for a girl, and she's going to be all these, like... You know, the the qualities that Mulan failed to have in the beginning of the movie. She's going to be quiet and cook well and think well of me. And Mulan, the entire time, Mulan's just there being, like, super uncomfortable being like... How about a girl who has a brain? No, not even even that. It's just, like, I can't even relate to this. You know, even here, like, I am othered. To me, that song is a lot about Mulan being lonely. No, I I, I Um, agree. I think it's both, though. But I'm saying that while that is, like, the sort of, like, the text... The subtext is the dramatic irony of the statement a girl worth fighting for, mm-hmm. in my opinion. At least that's what I, I see. Think. I see the irony there. I don't. I, I mean, I personally didn't read it as it's irony. It's ironic because Mulan is that girl. It's I. It was to me ironic because, like, they are singing to a girl and didn't even realize. Right. right? Well, I think it's also both. I think it's both. It's yeah. There's 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 room for nuance here. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. There's. Complexity. It's just it's interesting the different ways we sort of read that. I didn't even need like think of needing to answer the question who is the girl worth fighting for you know mm-hmm. yeah and again that was just a thing i literally saw a couple of days ago on a youtube comment as i was re-watching uh wait did you re-watch song. it on youtube like part one part two part three or whatever no i uh, we'll talk about that later <laughs> <laughs> you know also because you've like referenced this youtube comment you have to give credit to the person who wrote it so what's the oh, username God. come on give I us your journalistic know. sources <laughs> But I think this this conversation on who is the girl worth fighting for brings us back to, again, the core theme of Mulan, which is uh, 
Mulan is struggling against this idea of femininity and uh, how that's clashing with the masculinity that all the other characters in the in the movie uh, try to push on her or represent. And so I did want to talk a little bit about uh, the ideas of masculinity and femininity in this movie and what its overall message was. And I wanted to see what you guys thought about it. Did they execute it well? What parts were really great representation? What parts were a little subpar? So, I mean, first things first, let's call it like it is, right? A lot of Mulan's struggle is against the patriarchy, which I know is like a word that gets a lot of connotations with it. I think in this sense, it's quite literal. No, quite literally, yeah. It's the sense of here are the strict uh, defined gender roles. You are a woman. You have to be demure and polite and obedient and silent. You are a man. You have to be and punctual, yeah. Uh, you are a man. You have to be strong and brave and courageous and heroic. You know, there's a whole line at the beginning. Um, everyone has to serve the emperor, the wi- the men by bearing arms, the women by bearing sons. Like, yikes. And I think, you know, of course, when Mulan was made, right, the concept of, air quotes, the patriarchy, right, a lot of, like, discussion that's happened about the concept of gender roles, the concept of enforcing strict binaries, you know, the concept of gender non-conforming people, which, again, is a term that has connotations with it, but quite literally describes Mulan. You know, a lot, of, a lot of discourse has happened since the movie was made. And so, of course, we can't necessarily hold it, like, to today's standards. But, like, honestly, I'm really actually, like, on a, on a recent rewatch, I was really surprised at just how kind of insightful a lot of the the movie's messages were you know the way the way that Mulan's priority you know early on is like not I have to fix myself there's something wrong with me there's a little bit of that going on but there's as much as just you know what I want what I know who I know myself to be does not fit with what everyone else expects of me right I I really do think that Underneath, you know, a couple moments of, you know, not great language being used and underneath sort of the way that this gender binary, these binary roles are presented and in some cases not really questioned or examined further. I think a lot of what the message of this movie is, is really shockingly progressive. You know, and I I have a lot more things I can say, but this isn't my monologue time. So I do want to give other folks a chance to chime in. Yeah, I do think that's a sort of byproduct of um, what the directors wanted to do with the film. Uh, I have a Wikipedia entry open right now, <laughs> our good friend Wikipedia. <laughs> but um, when thinking about Mulan and like de- developing her character, the director, Tony Bancroft, uh, wanted to create a sort of a figure that his daughters could look up to. So in doing so, he made a character that, uh, a female character who is strong and independent, who's, uh, it says here, whose fate does not depend on any male character. And that really shows in the movie through her, like, uh, initiative and her whole journey throughout the story. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Danielle, Mulan is the first 
Disney princess in these like animated series that is not from royalty, right? No, Pocahontas. Oh, yeah, she's a princess. Um, give me a second. Um, well, not only is not royalty, but whose story is first, who, the first story that is not deeply tied with a sort of romantic plot. I mean, it's there's more a romantic a, plot. Please. I mean, there's a, it's a small subplot, Mulan right? Mulan and Shang, they get married in the second movie. Okay, Come okay. On. We don't have to talk That's about the, the second, second movie, one, though. though. Dude, it's, it's actually good. It's actually good. It's actually good. Yeah. Mulan Is it, though? Yes. <laughs> well, and so, Alex, to follow up on your point, I think another really important part of this movie is that, you know, in the end, Mulan's strength does not come from her like rejecting femininity, rejecting womanhood, like her strength, her ability to like come in and be the hero and save the emperor's life literally comes from her femininity, her, you know, the, when she like comes in and dresses up all the guys as the concubines and shows them how to do the shimmy up the pole thing that she learned too. Like, I think it's so easy in stories like this to be like, yeah, you know, the girls, they can be just like the guys. And when they're masculine, they're strong like the guys too. This movie doesn't really do that. You know, she it gets to be a woman and the hero. And I think that's important, especially for, again, you know, something uh, like a movie made in the 90s when a lot of the discourse on, like, gender dynamics hadn't really happened in the same way that they have today. I want to actually add to that, and I think that's a great point, because in in all the moments in, in where the, the protagonists of the movie, a.k.a. Mulan, Shang, and the rest of the soldiers, where they succeed, all of it is due to Mulan herself, right? And not because Mulan is strong. In many cases, it's because Mulan is clever, smart, resourceful, and stuff like that, right? The whole thing with the whole, the the weights around the pole was Mulan's idea, obviously. The whole thing about blowing the the avalanche off the mountain was obviously Mulan's idea as well. Um, And obviously, you know, going up. And actually, also, the whole thing with the... um, Defeating uh, Sean Yu, right? The whole thing with, you know, launching the fireworks at Sean Yu and kind of like uh, uh, using her fan to parry away his sword was her idea as well. And so, like, I think, I, I, I agree with you. Like, this this movie is uh, maybe not necessarily surprising. I, I think it's surprising in some ways, but, like, it's also, like, it's surprising because we were able to see that Mulong is effectively strong in her own way rather than having to be strong in an external masculine sort of way. And I think even more than just the fact that her her brains and her ingenuity and her quick thinking is what saves the day, is also that the movie shows over and over again, you know, like men using raw strength to try and solve a problem and failing. We see it in the beginning where um, Yao, I believe his name is, tries to just like huh, huh, muscle. I mean, all the men in the camp try to muscle their way up to grab the arrow from the top of the pole. You know, we see it uh, later on where all the men are ready to just kind of fire their last rocket at, you know, one dude. And Mulan's like, wait, no, we can use it better like this. And she wipes out most of the Han army by herself. Even at the very end of the movie, when the doors to the palace are barred, all the men's instinct is to pick up one of the statues and use it as a battering ram. And she's like, no, that's never going to work. Look, we can shimmy up the poles, just like how I figured out that other time. I'll teach you. So there's this direct, like, contrast, I think. Like, this direct comparison being set up between, like, this kind of fitting in the role, kind of masculine strength, muscle your way through it, and Mulan's kind of more, like, thorough approach. Like, using her 
like what what she considers her strongest asset. I don't know. This this movie is always really hard for me to talk about just because of how it's also perceived in like the just like the social realm, whatever. Um, for me, I guess it's less about masculinity, femininity, and more like as kind of Michael was alluding to, it's for me it's more about like Mulan is her own person. She's gonna do what she's going to do and that's that like she again like she doesn't need to fit gender roles or like stereotypes but that's not necessarily to say that like like she she I I don't know it it's more like she is her own person and she doesn't need to conform to any other standard and I think that's more what it is about for me I mean I think that's like I I mean I I totally agree with everything you just said I do think it's important to talk about like the way that, you know, the system that is trying to get her to conform, the system that she's refusing to conform to is so like, like hyper gendered, right? And we see it all throughout the movie beginning to end. Well, yeah, but I feel like, I feel like that's almost like the context, the context in which the movie is placed. At least that's, that's how I see it. It's, it's very much like Mulan is not going to listen to like what other people are going to say. She's being, she's taking like, she's being very courageous in, in actually acting upon her own instincts and doing what she believes is right rather than what other people tells her like what is right. And I feel like the whole, this, the separation of, uh, of like men do the fighting, women do the marrying, cleaning, cooking, whatever you want to say. Um, uh, I feel like that's more like the backdrop in which the story takes place. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I have to disagree with that. Like, because if, if you took this story and changed Mulan to actually like be a man, right? And if you said, okay, yeah, there's this guy, he's named Ping and he comes from this family and he can't get stuff right. And also, you know, his parents are disappointed with him. And to save his dad from going off to war, he has to take his dad's place and you know, not get found out. And he like messes a lot of things up anyway, but uh, he doesn't like conform to people's expectations of him being strong or like courageous. He's smart. He uses his brains. That's a very fundamentally different story than what the actual movie is. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I agree. I said that this is a backdrop in which the movie is taking place. I'm not saying that it's like an unimportant backdrop. I'm saying that it's almost used as like a, like, like a help like in the story device but I don't for me that's not it, it it feels like it's 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 a little bit broader than that I mean it's, I, it's I one part like, of a whole for you it, it's, that's what it sounded like yeah. right yeah because I think I think because one reason why it's so hard to talk about for me is that I feel like a lot of people are always like oh, Mulan is the only Disney princess who actually, like, fights for herself, and she's, like, the only, like, the only courageous one, and that, that always, like, that always upsets me, um, because there, there's, for me, like, there's qualities, again, digressing, there's qualities, like, in all the Disney princesses that you can see as, um, as virtuous, so that's, I, I guess that's where I'm coming from with this comment. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, th- I think that's very fair. And I, for the record, like, totally agree that, you know, 
Mulan is definitely by far not the only Disney princess who actually like has agency and fights for herself. I think for me, there's a lot of, I guess, personal relation I have with Mulan's struggle with a gendered system that places certain expectations upon her. I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like, I'll just say it. Like, Mulan is very famously kind of been claimed as a representative narrative by a lot of trans people. Um, and it is just, it to me, like, what I'm sort of sensitive to, what I notice when I, like, engage with stories like this is so many little details that are just, to me, in concert paint a picture of someone who is struggling with this gendered system like throughout the whole movie i mean up until i guess the point where her secret is revealed but like the way that she is uncomfortable during a girl worth fighting for like hearing the way that the men around her in theory her friends talk about women you know the the whole scene in the where they're bathing in the lake i mean it it just to me seems impossible to separate any of what's happening any of her emotional development any of like the the plot and the struggle that she goes through from it's 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 happening inside a this gendered system you know and i think even i think what i'm kind of taking sort of what i'm like pushing back against is even just calling it a backdrop i don't think it's a backdrop i think it is the meat it of the struggle that she goes through well i don't from from your description it did seem like it was like the story is taking place within this system. Well, yes. It, the Versus, like, like, it's not a story about the system. It's a story it's about Mulan. A, it's a story about her struggling with the system. It's yeah, a but story it's, it's about a story her about learning her. to live outside of the system. Right? Yeah. So it's a story about her dealing I th- with... I think but like, because she has to deal with the system, it makes it about the system. Because otherwise, if it's a different system then it's not about this system that we're seeing, right? Here's what I think the bottom line is, is that both of these things, the character Mulan and the highly regimented system that uh, she finds herself in, they can't really... This movie wouldn't be what it is without either of them, right? Yeah, yeah. These two things work in tandem. You can't, like fully separate one from the other and i think this movie is better for that right i mean yeah just take and I'm, not, the... I'm not saying that that's not true so. yeah yeah, yeah. I, and I, again i i think both of you have like really great points about uh both like mulan as a person mulan as uh a movie about these gender stereotypes in this uh in this system uh i did want to bring up uh, one quick point, unless Michael and Marcus, you want to throw in your two cents about... Uh, I, I don't know if I fully stated this, but again, just adding another great scene to this movie was um, the ending of this movie where Mulan brings home, what was it, the sword and the crest. And I think this is kind of indicative of how Mulan's journey not only affects herself, but the people around her and how it changes their view, where she brings home those two things, the sword and the crest, to her father um, in order to restore this honor, quote-unquote. And she gives it to her father, hoping that this will bring him honor, but he rejects both of them. He drops them on the ground. 
uh, and he, I forget exactly what he says, but he says, um, having you as my was, daughter yeah, yeah, is yeah, the greatest it. honor that I can have. So yeah, I think this movie is just really good at showing us that through determination and hard work, people can change not only themselves, but the people around them. And I think that's the core of this movie. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I, I, I think I said this earlier, there are these sort of intertwining themes of like honor and worthiness going on throughout this movie. I mean, there's a lot of discussion of uh, like, like worthiness, like honor gets name checked a lot. It's kind of very, I think, clear just on a, on a surface reading. Worthiness comes up a lot in terms of who is worth what, right? Uh, there's this concept, like the, the, the discussion of these men are not worth sending to the front, in terms of all the soldiers, you know, they're not worth it. Just send them back. When Mulan gets revealed to be a girl, you know, like she may have saved all her lives, but, you know, she's not worth thanking for that. She's not worth like bringing with her. Like the, even the, it does get like explicitly mentioned at the end of the movie where Shifu is like, no, she's gone too far this time. Get out of my way. She's not worth protecting. And in the end, I think what's so heartwarming about this moment with her father is that finally she not you know some version of herself that she's had to like mold to others expectations like she in all of her own self-possessed you know virtue is worth loving honor be damned exactly and uh just to fill out the end of our show i do want to talk about the main antagonists of this movie that is Shen Yu and the Huns, because every Disney movie has to have a good villain to kind of play off of. But correct me if I'm wrong, and let me know if you guys have any other readings on this. I feel like Shen Yu is not very high up on the Disney villain list. Uh, I think he's falls into the sort of more forgettable categories. And I wanted to get your guys' opinion on Shen Yu and the Huns as an antagonist. And is I, I want to know if you guys think he's a good antagonist or if he's a forgettable one. I mean, I th my opinion on that is that I think Mulan is one of the few Disney movies, and obviously, Danielle, free to correct me if I'm wrong, where the... The story, and especially the antagonists, namely the Huns, are already established well enough in history that it's kind of very clear from the get-go of the movie who the bad guys are. There is no, like, titular character that serves as the antagonist so that the axis of the story can revolve around that character and establish that character as the antagonist. I think Shan Yu only is a character that represents just the overwhelming, you know, Hun force as a whole. He is just the leader, the, the figurehead for which the Hun Scourge is essentially the real antagonist of the movie and what Mulan is fighting for, fighting against uh, as the movie goes on. And, you know, I, that definitely makes him weaker as a character. He doesn't have as much individuality, I think, as a villain uh, compared to some other Disney movies. But um, I certainly don't think it downplays the effect that the Huns themselves have, uh, as Iris and Michael had mentioned earlier. You know, their bloodshed is very apparent from the from the get-go of the movie. You know, it's very clear that they are a force to be reckoned with and they are, you know, they are killing 
you know, lots of innocent people. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you said that the Huns is sort of like a, a group of people as an antagonist, because um, the only other Disney animated film that I can think of that has like a group as an antagonist is Bambi, where the bad guy is like humans, just man. Um, that's if you take the Disney quiz on Sporkle. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but I think, yeah, I, I would say, I mean, to Alex, your point that Shan Yu doesn't rank as high in terms of Disney villains. I think also just it's it's really strange in the general like Disney sphere, like what is marketed from Disney. Even Mulan is not that high of a movie, which is like really strange because I know that like all of us have really enjoyed that as a movie. Everybody, I think our age um, that I've talked to, like that's like a one of like the pretty big movies that we grew up watching. So it's also interesting that that movie hasn't been just, there's not that much, there's not, it hasn't been as marketed as some of the other movies, even a lot older ones. Um, as for memorability, like I remember just being totally afraid in that very first scene where um, you you have like the guy and he's like on the Great Wall and then just like, I think the eagle swoops down and then Shen Yu just like comes up and he's just like looming this huge dark silhouette. So for me, it was more of like, there's this huge like lurking character with like, I think he had, he has yellow eyes. And then just like, just like, he was like, I don't care if you, if you call the guards, like, I don't care if you call your forces, like I'm here and I'm here to stay. And like that, that almost like, he had absolutely no fear and almost told the guy, like, hey, go tell your emperor that I'm here. That really freaked me out. Um, and, like, I think also there was the part near the very end where he's on the roof and he's just a silhouette. And then I think there's a sword that goes flying. And he just catches it. I was like, oh, my God, he's there. Um, so, yeah, I think um, in, in the he, for me, he was memorable, even though in the general Disney villain lineup, he's not. Yeah, I think the big thing for me about Shan Yu is that as a character, he doesn't have a lot of nuance that many of the other like Disney villains like possess. You know, he is in some ways kind of just like the the face of the Han Empire, which Marcus you were mentioning is you know less so like a direct antagonist and more sort of like this impetus. You know, the the forward pushing plot device that you know makes the story like go i think he's like really fantastic at what he does you know uh and miguel ferrer amazing voice actor been in a lot of really great things just such a like imposing uh voice i think chan yu is there to be menacing is there to remind the audience that like you know this is all happening against a backdrop of like the huns are coming the huns are coming you have to be ready to fight the huns and He's meant to be terrifying. That's that's like his role in this movie. I think he does that really well. It's just he doesn't. There's there's not much of like a a depth behind that. You know, like we don't see him do anything other than be menacing and make lots of threats and be really scary for us. You know, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think the movie doesn't necessarily need Sean Yu to be the kind of super involved, super thorough villainous character. But like in discussing just the character in a vacuum, that's the that's the distinction. I, I will add like I, I agree with I, I agree with basically all that all of you have said so far that like Sean Yu is is 
basically, if we were to look at the sort of forces pushing the story forward, like Sean Yu is on one side and everyone else is on the other side. And that's pretty much it. And I would say, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like you, you can have one dimensional, lower dimensional characters be in a, in a, in a film and it's still a good film. Um, I will say that there's, I think that there is a little bit of nuance to not necessarily his character, but to the actual like Huns themselves. Um, I think that it would have been really easy for them to portray Huns as just a sort of like, like, you know, the bloodthirsty killers and, you know, yeah, Sean Yu does have some like, uh, uh, one-liners where he's, you know, he's like, oh, you, you can caught me. It's fine. Just tell everyone I'm here. And like, we only need one guard, so just kill him off. And, um, but I, I think there were actually, there was a moment, um, before the battle or not the battle, the, sorry. I mean, yeah, the battle before, uh, Mulan and the soldiers reach, uh, the, the village and, uh, Shan Yu and his hunters are like inspecting the doll that the, the eagle dropped off. And they're like genuinely like Sherlock Holmesing this doll, right? Like they figure out just from the doll that there is a village up ahead and the Imperials are waiting for them. Like that is really smart. And it actually makes sense in the way that they figure it out. Cause like, you know, the locks of hair and the smell of sulfur and stuff like that. Um, so I think in that respect, it was interesting for me to see that. I'm like, oh, they're, you know, they're actually pretty clever. Like they're, they're pretty cool about that. Um, but yeah, I, I mostly agree with all of you. That's like, he is more just like a force rather than a character. And I do want to kind of tack on that. I think you bring up you and Danielle both kind of mentioned this a little bit, uh, Danielle with the yellow eyes, um, that there is kind of like a, like a hunter, like a pack, you know, wolf mentality, or, or at least kind of like an umbrella thrown over the Huns, which makes them, you know, normally you would think that this goes towards, you know, the Huns being animalistic, bloodthirsty animals, but they are very keen, they're very cunning, and they're extremely intelligent. And the movie doesn't hesitate to tell you that, which I think is really interesting because it gives credence to the fact that although the Huns caused a lot of bloodshed in actual history, they were ruthless and they were very efficient at what they did. And I think carrying that into the animated movie was something that was, that did give a little bit of nuance to Shan Yu and, and the Huns, even if it's not, you know, as much of a fleshing out as another Disney villain would be. Oh, I was just going to say that it, it also just makes the victory at the end just that more sweet because if it was just almost like a nameless, like faceless pack that didn't have any nuance to it, then it would just be like, okay, they won, but it wouldn't, I feel like it wouldn't be as satisfying, but because you do see like how clever and how resourceful they are and, and they like literally came into like the, the vicinity of the emperor's palace, like with the, that giant Chinese dragon. Also just like when they show it in the back and it's just like, ching, ching, <laughs> and, and like the, the, it's, it's blurry. That scares me so much. Um, but yeah, it, it just makes, like, the victory all the more sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the way this movie is structured and paced, they uh, they couldn't really add too much else without throwing off the pacing, so they couldn't have a sort of introspective look into the Huns and finding out their deeper motivations. But I just, <laughs> I had an idea of, um, while you guys were talking, but can you imagine if... Shen, you had a song, like be prepared or something. Oh, that would man. be, or like, I think that or would like, be the funniest uh, or like and wildest. 
I feel like it would have to be super short, like reindeers are better than people. Just like I am alone on the top of the mountain and I will kill them all (laughs) or something like that. Just like. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if you'll notice this, but also, and I like, I know this is technically not the case, but a girl worth fighting for is like the last song in the movie. Right? Oh yeah. yeah, that's when it gets no, serious. No, it's really weird. Yeah. Like there's a like when you listen to any of the Disney, okay, or look here. If yeah. you look at any of the Disney soundtracks, Thank you. um most of the songs are like in the first half of the movie yeah. and then the rest of it is just soundtrack and it's just it's really weird. Like you you obviously hear like motifs of it like as they're yeah. fighting and whatever. Um but yeah, it's it's weird how it's like oh wait that was the last song. I feel like there was another song, but nope. Mm-hmm. That's when things get oh, serious. Oh, except, except, for, except for the very end when, when, um, uh, oh my God, it's the boys to men song. Oh my God. Um, what? <laughs> boys to men. Wait, there's a boys to men no, they, they, Yeah, they, they're the ones who sing it. Wait, is it in the credits? It's like, it's like right at the very end when the ancestors, when they all come back and the ancestors, they're all like, playing and i think they're like rocking out yeah yeah yeah. and like creaky is like that's fair oh my god what's it called (laughs) well we'll we'll figure that out a little later no no there are lyrics like they come like right as the credits are rolling but the music starts before the credits yeah yeah it's like mushu i I would say that technically counts as a credit song (laughs) okay then yeah no 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 you're right hey uh viewers if you're listening uh let us know please (laughs) <laughs> but, it, but it's diegetic. As a reminder, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us to let us know, you can reach us at bestseatpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, send send me send me that pick boy vid, please. I'm dying. <laughs> not still on about pick boy. It's been months. Danielle, it All looks right. like you're about to sneeze. It has like answer. the word like believe. Oh my god! I'm well, gonna... anyway. Uh, that'll do it for us, folks. Thank you so much for listening, especially to those last two minutes where we talked about nothing. But... Wow. <laughs> okay, then. But um, today's, uh, I should say this week's uh, animated video that you can watch on YouTube is a little bit of a different one. It's by Ted Ed, which does a bunch of great educational animated videos. Uh, but this one is uh, about the... Chinese myth of the immortal white snake. It's a two-parter for an ancient Chinese myth. So go check that out uh, after the show. But once again, thank you so much for listening, and you will hear from us next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, everyone.